morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The day today is the 28th of January, year of our Lord, 2021. Welcome to another episode of the Bun and Cardigan Show. I am, of course, joined by my on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan co-host, James Edwards III of The Athletic. James, we have something to celebrate today. Uh, You looked uh, into the metrics a little bit, wanted to see how the show was doing. Y'all are listening to the number five basketball podcast in Colombia. (laughs) <laughs> Columbia International on this on this thing. <laughs> Take it a step further. Number thirty five basketball podcast and and guess and guess where, Nick? Hmm. Is it the United States, James? James? Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Okay. Bigger than Steph Marbury. <laughs> the beer the bun and cardigan bigger than Steph Marbury in China. <laughs> <laughs> After that, number 37 in the United States of America, we are the number 37th ranked basketball podcast on iTunes. Mm. Again, to keep this to keep this going, just to continue to talk our shit, we are the 39th ranked sports podcast in Colombia. Mm. Light work, international. <laughs> and then to top it all off, you know where we're ranked 60th in basketball podcasts? Where's that? New Zealand. New shout out to the Western Hemisphere, right? Shout out to the Western Hemisphere. Shout out to Shout out to Shout out to Shout out what's in Colombia? Um I, I mean uh, I know mountains. what's in Colombia. Mo- mountains yeah. and Yeah, don't say that, James. This is uh, I was going to say is this bad? is a family friend Sh- podcast. Come on now. Or family friendly rather. Um I actually love Colombia. I've been once. It's a beautiful place. I uh that's amazing. And obviously it goes without say that um the reason that that's that you know that we're doing as well as we are so far um is because everybody's listening. And James and I talk about it all the time um how like really proud we are so far of the base that we're building um and we're very thankful for all of you for actually, you know, sort of giving us the start that we wanted and and then more so, right? Um so thank you. Yeah. Genuinely very no, much everybody. Thank you guys so much. Um and Neil to greatness. I mean, number five in yeah. Colombia. Neil to greatness. Thank you to our, our Colombian listeners. Seriously, though, thank you to everybody in the U.S. and abroad who's really. I mean, I don't know how accurate these numbers are. It came from a website 100% that you accurate. type in your podcast, and it shows where you're ranked on Apple. Um, so I'm going to assume they're they're accurate. But thank you to the the great people of Colombia, Hong Kong, the U.S. In New Zealand, we 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 appreciate you. Yeah, um, not to alienate alienate other countries because we could still get, we could still chart elsewhere. But right now, for the time being, you think if um, do you think if we went to Colombia, you think we're getting recognized off the plane? Facts. Yeah. No. 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 We're getting like the whole the whole treatment. Yeah. Like that's like when um when uh what's his name when Chris Tucker and those guys went to they went somewhere like Chris Tucker and Bill Clinton. Eh, actually, I think. Epstein might have went with them. Let me not use that comparison. So I, I was actually gonna, I was gonna cut you off to say the same thing, but I was like, he knows what he's doing. Um, I don't. It's been. A, <laughs> I just finished. I just finished working a long day. Um, this is. Uh, I mean, we're not to. This is our second take of the podcast. Yes. But that's all we're gonna say. Yes. Um, we had recorded. It's been a long day. We recorded the show mostly earlier today, um, before the, the the game against the Cavs. And we're back. Um, the game concluded probably maybe about an hour and a half ago, and uh, here we are. 
we're, we're delivering the episode. So, James, it's our end-of-the-week segment, um, everybody's favorite segment, Shock Factor, presented by nobody. We have not locked down a corporate sponsor for that yet. Uh, this is where James gives us one player who's trending upwards, one player who's trending downwards over the course of the previous week. Um, last week, trending upwards was Wayne Ellington, and at the time, you said, I'm going to piss a lot of people off by saying this. Turns out he's still actually the hottest three-point shooter um, on the face of the earth. And he actually broke a Pistons record tonight. James, you were the one that tweeted it. I believe it was um, at least four made threes in six consecutive games, correct? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is. He broke Joe, Joe Dumars' record, which was five. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a that's a great feat. And it, it's crazy because it felt like Wayne shot so ridiculously that it felt like he had an off night. But I still think he was four of eight from three. Yeah. Um, and then last week's trending downwards uh, was Josh Jackson, who, after returning from the ankle injury, wasn't quite where we thought he was at the beginning of the season, while he just blatantly wasn't um, on either end. So this week, James, one player trending upwards, one player trending downwards. Let's start positive. Who's trending up? You know what? I'm going to go with Sekou Dumbuya, Ooh. who's been getting somewhat regular minutes the last three games. Okay. Um, I thought today against Cleveland he was active, specifically in the first half, boxing out, yeah. um, challenging sh- uh, shooters, um, had a few nice cuts. Um, he's do- he was doing all the things that, that fans love and-, and have grown to love from Sekou um, when they get to see him. And I think he's he's done very well over this last week. Was the first Philly game this week? Was that Or no, that was the end of last week. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was that Saturday. was Saturday or, or, Friday. or it was, Friday. It was Friday. Yeah. And then we played Sunday. Yeah. It was Friday, um, but Seku has been like fairly consistent, doing good things. Um, uh, like I said, like he's he's really starting to kind of. To me, I know people get all up in arms about rotation and guys developing, but when you look at Seku, I mean, it's showing kind of what I said about Svi after he had a big night when he didn't play. It's showing professionalism. It's showing development, or or at least uh, not development. I mean, it is showing development, but like he's. He's he's ready when his number when his number's called. Um, he's doing good things. He's he's active. Um, he's running the floor. He's always trying. I don't think the energy has been the energy or, or um, hustle has been an issue. Um, I think I've I've really liked what I've seen from Seiko these last few games. I don't remember what he had tonight off the top of my head, um, but I know I think he had 20 points coming the last two games coming into tonight. I know he had a couple of baskets tonight. Um, yeah, I've liked what I've seen from Seku. I think he's done some really good things. Sure. I think I, – I also – I want to throw this in here because I'm sure that you forgot that you said it because I did until just now. Um, I believe it was the previous episode that you read off a Dwayne Casey quote, um, and it sounded to you um, as if he was saying, somebody come get Seku. But it's then you sort of amended that a few hours later. You texted me and you said, I'm thinking maybe now what that could have meant was like, hey, the front office needs to do something in order to actually get Seku minutes, I think is is what you said. Do you remember this conversation? Yeah, I was. you got me going down the conspiracy rabbit hole. That's um, what people that want, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I like you said, initially I said, maybe it sounds like they're trying to shop him. And then I thought about it, I'm like, well, maybe it says we need to do something with who's in front of him to yeah. get him more minutes. Um. Or maybe it was just genuine, and he thinks Seku has a, has a future, and he, he needs more opportunity, but he can't find more opportunities for him with with Blake and Jeremy there. Um, we actually got to speak to Seku yesterday, mm. and I asked him, I was like, "Do you have to like remind yourself? I know you think you can contribute now. You've shown you can do some stuff, 
do you have to remind yourself though that, that that you're 20 and there's a long road ahead of you and he's like yeah i like i do stop and like have to remember that i am 20 yeah um but i but i also know i think i can help the team now i get it i just have to be patient and continue to work and, and do well when my number is called um and i thought that was a great answer i thought there was some honesty there um he obviously recognizes the situation but he also is confident enough to think that he's and he's shown that he he can be a a rotation player right now sure um so I commend him for the way he, he responded. Sekou's a great quote. People might not know that because he has a little bit of broken English. Um, he's really be- He's really good when you just get him one-on-one. He's funny. Yeah. Um, he's, he's He can be funny. He's just real. Like, he doesn't have a filter. I think that, uh, that Bruce Brown, the Bruce Brown friendship might have uh, rubbed off on him in that regard. Yeah, I don't know if you saw. So two things on that. I don't want to get off on a tangent because we still need a trending down player, which I think we we know who it's going to be. But um, I don't know if you saw. I think it was it was within the last month. It was a few weeks ago. I don't recall exactly when. Um, I think it was Seku posted on his Instagram story that Bruce FaceTimed him just to show him the outfit he was wearing. And that was it. Yeah. Like, they're still friends, and that's great. And my other question, I've been meaning to ask you this for um, on the show now for how, how, this is episode four, I think. Um, but it always felt like it would come off as kind of rude. Has Seku's English, like, so it has been getting noticeably better? Yeah, so the funny thing is I actually got the first one-on-one with Seku when he was drafted. Um, I remember sitting in the, the practice facility at the Palace because um, they were still practicing out there yeah. for, for a little bit, for like a few more weeks. And um, we sat in the room, and I I thought his English was better than it was when we talked to him on draft night. I think it when you kind of get – in a comfortable setting with him, his English is better. Like the thing with him is like, he knows what he's trying to say, but like maybe certain slangs he might not understand. Um, or he can, he can't really get certain slangs out, but like the, the general type of English, like pretty standard, uh, questions he, he can, he understands and, and he pretty much understands everything. It's him communicating. Um, and then the occasional, like I said, slang. So you, you try not to use too much slang with them. Um, but, yeah, it's gotten better. I always thought that he was putting on a little bit of a front early on in his career, like, well, early on last year, maybe trying to make it seem like when reporters wanted to talk to him, especially once he got in the starting lineup and played well um, around this time last year, like having to do all the interviews, I think he kind of put on a little front so he didn't have to speak as much. Yeah. But, like, when you get him one-on-one, his English is, is fine. It's You can understand him. So I do have a question that I want. I figure I'll, I'll just save it for after. Um, one player who is trending down. This, this last week. Again, I feel like yeah, this, gonna, this has to be easy. Yeah, Mason Plumley. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, the foul trouble. I mean, he didn't foul out tonight, but he's fouled out the last few games. Yeah. Um, he had he had some a couple dimes tonight, but a lot of turnovers. You haven't really seen the Plumley dimes regularly. Um, he struggled defensively. Yeah, he's uh, he's had a rough go of it over this last week. And uh, early on in the year, he was pretty solid. Yeah. To give him – I mean, to, to play both sides of the fence, he was pretty solid to start the year, and it's kind of trended down um, over the last week, week and a half, specifically um, with the things he showed he could be good at to start, um, like passing and, and, and creating um, as a hub at the elbow and kind of off to the wing. He's he's struggled a little bit forcing passes, and I think you saw that tonight. Sure. Um, yeah, that, that's been the biggest thing. Um, after the first matchup against Philadelphia, it was the fourth consecutive game that Plumlee had fouled out in. That Embiid matchup was really tough for him. Um, anytime that Embiid had him within, you know, five to seven feet of the basket, it was a foul. And, um, you know, the problem with it, especially in that game, was 
Uh, Plumlee goes out with four fouls. You're substituting him for Isaiah Stewart, who already has three. Um, and then he just gets into worse foul trouble having to, to defend Dwight or having to defend Embiid or Tony Bradley, who was giving Detroit fits. Um, you know, something it's funny that we actually did end up having to re-record today because um, in the in the earlier edition of this episode. Um, you spent we, 20 minutes on Tony Bradley. I did spend a, a, a weird amount of time on Tony Bradley, but we had mentioned that, um, you know, that that Plumlee's passing was was a little bit down. Um, and then James texted me. I think it was probably sometime in the second quarter. He's like, man, like. Plumlee's he's kind of got some, he's making some strong passes out there like we may have to re-record the episode well as it happens of course we actually ended up having to um he did have a, um a, I think he tried to make a bounce pass from like half court over to like the right wing and it just there was nothing there and it was it was silly but um yeah no that wasn't that wasn't particularly um a difficult choice I don't think putting Plumlee as the as the trending down um but here's my question for you you yeah. you said this the other day I full-heartedly agree with you. There are times now when you'll make a point that I'm frustrated that I didn't make a second sooner because we must have thought about it at the exact same time. Um, the word development is very quickly growing on your I might mute this word list. <laughs> it's just a word that like when you have to say it and type it and hear it and read it over and over, it's like this is kind of an ugly word, especially it's when so many people word. so many people use it in a context that they don't understand. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that. I yeah, like to an extent, I would say more so people use it as like that's the phrase of the season, and like oh, the Pistons sure, okay. didn't do themselves any any favors by saying that. But like, we need you got to play him. He's needed to develop. If you can't develop, if he's on the bench, develop this, develop that, develop this, 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 develop, 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 develop. But it's just like, I'm tired of that freaking word, sure. man. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's, I feel like if I uh, put my Twitter handle in search and put develop next to it, there would just be a million tweets from the last three months that have that word in it. And it's just, yeah, like, you know how like when you say a word so many times, it doesn't sound super like a fast, word. It sound yeah, it doesn't sound like a word, and it yeah. sounds like we like weird. Yeah, develop when you say it over and over. It's just an annoying word. Yeah, it it's, just like cr it's like walking on snow, just like that crunching noise that sure. I absolutely hate. Yeah, sure. Have you guys been getting so totally random sidetrack? Have you guys been getting snow where you are? Because in Chicago yeah. we just got a bunch. Yeah, it snowed uh, a few days ago, but today was really sunny. Mm. Like so, it, it melted. Um, sun's out. Bun's out. Well, the bun is out right now. The bun is out. Him. I got it. I the got bun it. is out. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I wear it like pulled back, like down. I don't wear it up, like in the in the in the graphic for the show. Um, Not like a uh, like a sumo wrestler. You don't do that usually. Yeah, no. I just I wear it down because I'm an adult now. Um, and yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. I just as far as the you know the the sifting through replies of you know things that that tend to frustrate you. Listen, the, the reality is like people have asked why I don't make recaps as much this year. While there are a multitude of reasons, one of them is, well, A, the engagement is just, it's just bad now, so I it, there's less incentive for me to actually do them. Um, and even, like, throughout the game, like, I have less, you know, actual tweets during the game that sort of add any sort of constructive um, discourse over what we're actually watching. Because at the end of the day, I just, I just don't have a lot of energy to keep arguing the same points over and over and over again. We play the Cavs tonight. I tweeted more about Cleveland than I did about Detroit because there's things to talk about that, you know, I'm not talking about. Like, I, I don't get to talk about regularly. All jokes aside, like, on a, on a real level, I was really excited to watch Dylan Windler and to watch Colin Sexton and to watch these guys that I enjoy so much. 
Um, and they both played well. I give you a lot of shit about Dylan Windler. Yeah. Uh, John Hollinger tweeted this, and I and I agree. Like, it's going to be hard for Cleveland to keep him off the floor. I'm I'm. It's. Listen. Before we are your, are your pants tightening. I, I I. It's gotten to a point. First of all, <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> first of all, the Nets tweet a video of Jeff Green throwing down a, a ridiculous yam. Oh, yam that. There has to be a point where people stop questioning my ability to navigate and pick these obscure role players and latch onto them for dear life. Because there's got to be a point where re- where people realize that I have a fin- an, an affinity for picking the right ones. Yeah. Right? And I'm No. I'm not Jeff ga- Green. He's played well this year. I refuse Dylan to be humble Windler. about this. It's it's a real thing. I have the strongest predilection ever. <laughs> This <laughs> for for finding these players and it's at a point where i just wish people yeah, i don't know i tell people all the time not to listen to me so it's on it's on me but but anyways can i ask you a question sure i just i also really quick before you ask it i want people to know that i'm like 80 percent kidding but i'm for people who know me i'm also a little bit serious no you're, you're i'd say it's about 60 40 you're serious it's okay own it you're hot right now. Colin and Dylan just balled. Have your have your moment. Jeff Green's top ten. You have it. <laughs> he also you threw down it. a yeah, he threw down I think two dunks in that game that were ridiculous. Anyways, what's your question? Have, has have I ever made a take that you just completely disagree with? I think your take about um red laces with the Grinch sixes was fundamentally wrong. <laughs> I was It's not what I had in mind, but we can do this. I was dead serious about that. It's also worth noting, um and I I think I mentioned this earlier, James, but um, the one game where Jeremy barely eclipses 20, I think it was the last game of his streak of, what, 13 in a row or 14 in a row. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the game where he's held, I think, 15, and obviously the streak ends. He was wearing 13s, I'm pretty sure, in both of them. So keep the threes, keep the nines on Jeremy Grant, but the Jordan 13s, um, those have to go. Yeah, no, yeah. as far as you saying something that I, I disagree with, again, all jokes aside, like the Colin Sexton stuff I, I, I full-heartedly thought was was ridiculous. Um, but as, you know, I, I... And I've since backtracked. You have, and that's why I don't really, you know, give you anything for it now. Like, even the Windler minutes tonight, like, I think Cleveland has accumulated so many guys that even just like... Some like, guys, yes. I, I wouldn't say so many, would you? Jetty Osman. Um, I I'm not a Jetty guy. I know you're not, and neither am I. I've come around on him recently because under Bickerstaff, I think I think Jetty's been a savior for Cleveland a lot this year. Um, obviously, Colin taking a leap that a, a J. Uh, let's just call it what it is. He's taking a Jason Tatum sized leap this year, a Brandon Ingram sized leap. Um, uh, you know Darius Garland, who we're not we're not there with him yet. Um, but he's getting a lot better. Sexland is probably the best nickname for a backcourt maybe ever. Um, better than Guns N' Roses? Yeah, because that existed for all of, what, 10 games. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, Isaac Okoro, who defensively – I think I made this joke on Shoot the J once. Do you, in Attack of the Clones, right? Star Wars, Episode 2. Obi-Wan's eating in a diner, and he goes to see his friend. I think his name is Dex about a little poison dart. And he's like, can you tell me anything about this dart? And it's, this is a very long-winded way to describe, to give uh, uh, Isaac Okoro a defensive comparison. 
The guy that Obi-Wan was talking to, the, the guy who owns the diner, he had four arms. That's how Isaac Okoro defends. Like he has four arms, like that guy. And the fluidity that he that he plays with on both ends and the fearlessness that he plays with is next to none. See, you got mad at me for talking too much about Tony Bradley. Shouldn't have recorded <laughs> after a Cavs game. Dude, first of all, I'm just thinking about how we're going to totally tank our, our our fan base in Columbia <laughs> after my joke. Um, <laughs> second of all, I have, I'm not a Star Wars guy, so... I'm gonna let you have this, and I'm gonna. I, I like Isaac Okoro a lot. I liked him in the draft. Um, I can't speak for this creature from Star Wars with four arms, but he is a really good defender. Um, I think he's even been a little bit better offensively than I anticipated right away. Yes. Um, but to go to your Grinch, your, uh, for people who don't know, what we're talking about we're talking about the Kobe Grinches. Probably the most iconic Kobe shoe, Kobe Ten, in 2010 or 11. He wore them on Christmas Day. Um, it's a green shoe that looks like the Grinch. It's, it's Grinch themed, um, but he he wore red laces. I think he wore red laces, but they come with red laces. I have a pair. Um, the reason I say that the red laces are the way to go is because it's already a crazy colored shoe. Like nobody has a lime green or like light green fit. Like the red sure. allows you to uh, the red the red laces allows you to at least pull off a fit a little bit better. You have a you you have a lot of stuff in your closet with red. That's that's all you really need to pull those off. If you have a little bit of red somewhere, you can make it look good. Otherwise, if you have the yellow laces in, like you gotta go get a a lizard jump sh- a lizard jumpsuit from Coles. Everything just everything else is blacked out. That's how you wear that. All right, that's fair. We can. I'm. I'm not. I'm not mad at your take. I That's just think fit. it was. It was fitting for Dwight Howard. To, everybody I see with the Grinches has the red laces, and I think it's fitting that Dwight Howard kept the yellow ones. Yeah, in. shocking that a Hall of Famer made the right decision. <sighs> you wanted me to be yeah. people, James. You're right. You you wanted me to disagree with you. The people are tweeting us. No. They want us to finally disagree on something. Um, somebody also. I apologize. I should probably pull it up. I don't remember who it was. They tweeted both of us. Um, earlier, now this isn't going to be for this episode, and don't worry, folks, we're going to get back to the Pistons in just a minute. Um, your all-time five role players versus mine. Would you? Do you think that would be an interesting episode to do? Would you want to do that one day? Maybe, yeah, in, maybe, maybe over the summer when when you know we're a little bit dry. Yeah, I like that idea. We'll do that. Um, your team against my team. We'll both get two K. Sure, we'll play it. Sure, yeah, we'll play it. Um, well, I don't know because you have a PS5. I don't have. I'm not getting checks from the athletics, so <laughs> not all of us can afford PS5. Well, I'll, no, it's crossplay. Uh, I think actually. So yeah, I think it is crossplay. We'll figure yeah, it. We'll out. figure it. I don't out. even have 2K. Actually, but, I I don't even know if crossplay is the word for PS4, PS5. What well, doesn't matter. Um, all right. So a few days ago, I believe it was. I think it was actually yesterday that yeah. um, Shams reports. Hey, um, the New York Knicks and the Los Angeles Clippers are two teams. Um, that are interested in trading for Derrick Rose. I think the biggest thing that comes with that for me is I get the Knicks part of this because of Tibbs, but the Clippers portion, I feel like if you're Detroit, well, I don't want an expiring Lou Williams. And I'm going to give you the floor here because you actually wrote a piece about this where you got to play GM and you very clearly loved it Um because you had all the leverage and you got very yeah. bold. So why don't you, without you know giving away what the story is, because we want people to go check that out, um, give us a little bit, give us some insight as to what you were talking about. Yeah, so we did a piece right after Shams broke the um, that 
among teams, he said the Clippers and uh, Knicks are showing interest in Derrick Rose. And so what I did, my Mike Vorkanoff, who covers the Knicks for the Athletic, and Lawrence Murray, who covers the Clippers for the Athletic, we jumped in a Google Doc, did a story where we all acted as our uh, respective teams that we cover as GM. Mm. Um, and they pitched trade offers to me. I came with counter offers. It was a fun piece, so I, I recommend you check that out on The Athletic right now. Um, I This is the thing for me. Knicks one I get, like you said, Tibbs connection. Seems like the Knicks fans and maybe even the coaching staff's a little tired of uh, um, Alfred Payton. Uh, Frankie Smokes is in and out of the rotation. Emmanuel Quickly's played well, but they it seems like they need another guard. Um Rose has been in New York before. Knicks fans were like, oh, we tried that. It didn't work. Derrick Rose is in a completely different space Not as a person and a player right now. Yeah. Um, so I can understand that one. I don't love that, but they have some stuff that I think for trade purposes Detroit would like. Uh, the Clippers one I don't get. Yeah, Lauren, you look at it and you see uh, Lou Williams as the even match because the salary is both expiring. But the Pistons are trying Yuck. to get younger. They're trying to get – a draft pick or something, and you look at the Clippers' young roster, and there's nobody that really moves the needle for you. Maybe you get back one of your second-round picks of the four you you traded to them in the in the Luke Kennard deal. Maybe you get Luke Kennard back. I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> seem like that'll go over well. Um, but the Knicks one, the Knicks. I don't know if people remember this, but in 2018, when the Pistons acquired Kyrie Thomas in the draft, he was drafted by Philly at 32, 36, or 38, something like that. The Pistons sent the 2021 second-round pick to Philly. That pick is now with New York. Um, breaking news, this is the 2021 draft coming up. <laughs> breaking news, the Pistons are the worst team in basketball. <laughs> so that 2021 second-round pick looks like it might be the first pick in the second round. Um, I, I, I'm genuinely curious, before I go any further, I didn't. I entertained a first-round pick in in our in our story that we did sure. just because i'm a gm and i'm going to try to get well i acted as a gm and i'm trying to get the most that i can uh but lawrence and mike really didn't want to give up more than a second round pick you have your pulse on the fan base yeah do you think that the pistons fans really think they can get like a lotto pick for derrick rose yeah or is that just uh is that just false hope I think it's just a, you know, and I'm not going to say it's exclusive to Pistons fans because everybody does it. You know, you look at the players that you have and you think that they're worth more than they actually are. I, you know, I, I do take some exception because, like, I saw some guys who were like, oh, we're going to get Emmanuel quickly out of this. And I was like, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> um, you know, I remember there were, over the last few weeks, like, it's died down. I think people have come around on the idea of it being um, it's irrational. But, you know, yeah. th- there have been some people that are like, well, you know, we got to get a lottery pick for, for Derrick Rose because – you know, he started he started the season a little bit slow, and then he kind of started to come back into his own, and he was the Derrick Rose that that we saw last year um, around the rim. And, um, you know, the, the the interesting thing about him is, like, and it even, I think, against Cleveland tonight, um, Derrick Rose played a lot of minutes, a lot of very unproductive minutes tonight, but um, I think he was like, I don't know what he finished, but I think it was in the third quarter he was like minus 29. Plus minus is not indicative of, of everything, but um, he's taken yeah. a lot more pull-up threes this year, I feel like. But anyways... To answer your question, like, it's just difficult for me to imagine that there's any sort of a, a, a lottery team, unless it's like the Knicks who are trying to add Derrick Rose because they think they can throw something together and actually make some sort of a push for the playoffs, even if you, you know, bottom out in there and, and get, you know, swept by the perennial giant Milwaukee Bucks, well, regular season giants. 
it's progress, right? It's a foundation. So unless you're a team like that, it just doesn't seem valuable to me for, for a, a lottery-bound team um, to trade for an expiring Derrick Rose. That being said, to me, any sort of draft capital is is sort of the end game here. Because if you're, if you're the, in the Pistons position right now, we're looking at potentially the number one pick in the draft or, you know, at the worst, like a top three pick. And then you're also looking at that Toronto pick that we got from the John Musa bruce Brown deal. Okay, so that's somewhere that's going to be somewhere in the, what, the late 40s, early 50s, probably, because you imagine Toronto's going to turn it around. So you have, a, you have a pick at the front of the draft, and you have a pick at the end of the draft. If you get something in the middle there, anything in between in a draft class but that by the approximation of most is absolutely loaded, um, that's a win. Last year, we came away with four. We got four guys that we could be really excited about. If Troy Weaver has the eye for talent in the draft that we're led to believe that he does, and on, well, it's looking like he does, um, especially with his track record, then I think three picks is really exciting. I don't care if it's not a first, um, it's, and especially, like you said, if we're able to get um, that second rounder back from the Kyrie Thomas trade, that way you have beginning, middle, end. That's my long-winded way of saying no first-round picks, but like any pick is good for me. So Mike offered me my pick of Frankie Smokes and or Alfred Payton along with the number 41 pick, which New York owns from Charlotte. Would you do one of two of those and the 41st pick for Rose? Without question. Yeah. Even if freight, even if Payton or Smokes isn't in the long-term plan. I, I, I would take two games of Frank Nielakina, um because I – I think people. And I think he. I think he fits the what the Pistons are doing, like roster wise too. Like I think that's something they would maybe explore um, going forward. Like, sure. I don't think he'd be too expensive to keep. I mean, if there's a you know, a, a, and it sounds like Detroit is actually being very wise about um, keeping Saban Lee, um, you know, on his on his minimum. Like they they're not going to have him active every night just because they can. Like a game like tonight, they just they they had him sit out because they didn't quote unquote need him. Well, if you lose Derrick Rose and let's say, God forbid, Killian's shut down for the season, you're rolling out um, DeLon Wright and um, Saban Lee. I'm sorry, I guess Frank Jackson. Frank, I've, yeah. Yep, I forgot about Frank Jackson, so you're right there. But um, That's okay. You know, I mean, he, he hasn't done much ex- yet. Right. So you bring in Frank Nielakina, if nothing else, you know, just to kind of ride it out. I love that. So <laughs> when we were recording earlier, you, you tried saying Frank Nielakina's name. Now you're just calling him Frankie Smokes. Are you yeah, worried? You're, gonna... Are you worried you're going to pull like a Steph Curry? Do you, do, you, do you? I don't know if you remember that clip. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah I am. A, like, I can't say Neil, Frank Nila Keelan. Frank Nila Frank Frank Nila Keelan. Nila Kina. Son of a bitch. Frank Nila Kina. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Frank Nila Kina. <laughs> I can't say it fast, dude. It's like developed. Frank Nila. Frank Nila. Frank Nila Kina. There you go. Frankie smokes like Frankie, is fine. Frankie smokes is good. It's a yeah. great name. It is. I'm. I'm with it. You add him. You add that height, length, um, defense to the the point guard spot. I mean, maybe long term you see him as the the backup to Killian. Um, you don't have to work him in there right now, but you have Delon for another year and a half. Maybe you can develop Frankie into more. To he's kind of been a bit of a tease in his career because he has all the physical tools you want defensively. He's really really good. It's just the offense hasn't come around. Sure. Um, I, I think if you could get a guy like Frankie Smokes, and I just wonder if like optics, you know what I mean? Like it's you're trading Derrick Rose, so I think they're gonna do be diligent because the fan base they see that name and they still and they see him score a lot of points and they think that 
they should get something good. Like it's kind of like Andre Drummond. Like the the fans that like kind of casual like don't really understand why they only they look at it as a surface like the pistons thought john henson and brandon knight in the second round pick would equate to andre drummond yeah it's more than that um that's not what the trade was made for to get those they didn't they they got those guys because they have to match salaries obviously john henson and brandon knight are not playing right now um you you there i wonder if there's going to be some optics with the derrick rose thing i think i do think he ends up getting traded I do think if it happens, it's at the deadline, though. I don't think they do anything before. I think they peruse every every offer. They seek offers. Um, I think they they do their due diligence with that one. Let's say, let's say there's a world where the Bulls reach out. They're like, "Hey, Derek, we trade for you. You want to resign? That's the only way we're going to make this trade. Is if you're if you if you say you're going to resign." And he says, "Yeah." Chandler Hutchison and Dan and Denzel Valentine. Do you do that? When we recorded earlier, I think you said Felicio. I did say Cristiano and Felicio, I, and, I, and I threw up. Yeah, that's why I amended uh, it to a Michigan State guy. Yeah, I mean, I I think I do that deal. Um, I think I I still would rather have a pick, just because like what we were talking about with Seku last week, the unknown, going to find a guy, sure, um, putting your name on a guy. Denzel's had a very interesting career in Chicago. Can't stay healthy. Yeah, he plays, very hurt career. Is, yeah. Yeah, and he hasn't, when he's played, he's had a few moments, nothing to write home about. You like Chandler more than I do. Um, but kind of, there's maybe something there. I don't I don't see it, but maybe he's super, I mean, he's still green behind the ears. Yeah. I would just rather get a pick. I think that's the big thing. Unless you can get... Like a like the Reggie Bullock type trade, the second rounder, and it's fee a guy like that who yeah maybe you see as a role player going forward and at least has an elite skill. Okay, that's fine. Um, that's kind of where Frankie Smokes comes in. Like I think defensively, he equates to what Svi was Svi is as a shooter. Um, but I, I'm still in the camp of let me see what kind of picks I can get. Do you think the Reggie Bullock? for Svi in a second-round pick. That was probably the best trade that Ed Stefanski made, probably. Because, yeah, no question. Because the Lakers – I mean, the Lakers got 17 games out of Reggie Bullock, and he left. He was also – it wasn't marginal. He was vastly worse in L.A. Yeah, his, than he was in his, Detroit. Yeah, his shooting dipped. Um, yeah, I mean, they got a young guy who – I know he's in and out of the rotation, but I think Svi has the potential to be – a consistent role player in this league, whether it's in Detroit or somewhere else. Got another second-round pick on top of that. Yeah, I think the Pistons won that trade. I'm trying to think of other trades Ed made. Uh, um, the uh, Andre Drummond trade? I like that trade. I I mean, I'm the one that I, – I reported then that there were people assumed that you could get a lot for Andre Drummond. Um, I, I reported that a lot of teams around the league just don't see him as a winning player. Yeah. Um, very curious to see what happens with him in Cleveland. Does Detroit, does Cleveland get more than Detroit got because he's an expiring? Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know. We'll find out if the Pistons should have held on. Um, I'm very, very interested to see what what happens with that. You know, I think, I think back to the bubble, and the Lakers won. Right, they won the final. So in retrospect, it's dumb to be like, ooh, they could have really used this, but. There were times intermittently throughout the playoffs that you're looking at this Lakers team and you're like, no joke. You're like, you know who they could use right now? Svi. Yeah. Like, actually, though, and I'm not going to – like, I'm, I, 
I'm close to saying, well, they didn't have Avery Bradley. They could have used Svee. To even put Avery Bradley and Svee in the same paradigm defensively would be um, a federal offense. But all- I think Svee gets, gets, is better defensively than he gets credit for. Sure, but he's not so, Avery Bradley. He's not, no, he's not Avery Bradley, no. No. Um, those like, they could have used him, I agree. Those, they could have used that shooting. I, I talk about this with my brother all the time. Those give and goes from the top of the key that Avery Bradley hits to this day um, – it's just one of my favorite shots that he takes. I love it so much. It's he's kind of the same way, just off the catch from three, um, which actually reminds me, super off topic. Sadiq Bay had a fake dribble handoff today, and it looked just like something Blake would do, and he's learning, and that felt good. Development, as they say, right before your eyes. Blake's his guy. Um, th- those two seem to have uh, have a liking for each other. Blake spoke highly of them in training camp. They worked out together. Yeah, the, I, I saw your tweet. He, he faked the DHO, and then he ended up handing it off to the guy behind him. Uh, but, yeah, it was that seemed like a, a page out of Blake's book right there. I don't remember how the possession ended. It was a made three um, by Jeremy Grant, I believe. Was it? Yeah. I believe he's so. learning. Yeah. He's learning. Um, you know, it's funny with the whole Wayne Ellington thing. I think you mentioned this in the last episode. I don't recall. Because it's, it's funny because it actually might have been a conversation that we had off the air. So the last episode that we recorded was the time that so you made the joke about um, the uh, the Bun and Cardigan show after hours or whatever it was. Yeah, um, after dark. Yeah, after dark. That's what it was. It's funny because we recorded for an hour and then you and I literally just hung out and talked for like another hour. And I feel like yeah. if people could have heard some of this, man, that would have made for a really good show. But I so I don't, <laughs> I don't recall if if this if this point was made in there. It's funny the position that that Wayne Ellington is finds himself in. Um, when he came to Detroit two years ago, um, he was a buyout guy from Miami, and Detroit needed the extra extra uh, perimeter shooting for their playoff push, right? That's just where Wayne Ellington is again. Like, I wonder yeah. what that's like to be in that position where he signs in Detroit, and I'm pretty sure he probably knows what's up. Like, you know what, man? And by the end of the year, I'm probably going to be on a pretty sweet team, um, especially if he keeps playing like this. And I, 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 I don't remember who pointed this out, but it, they said – Wayne, we need you to be doing this in like three weeks. I think it was Matt Shook. That is who it was. That is, yeah. yes. Shout out to Matt. Yes. Shout out to Locked On Pistons. Um, and he's right. Like, it does worry me a little bit. How much of that, just from your experience, do you think is like, our team's going to know, like, okay, well, he did do this like two months ago. Even if he kind of falls off a cliff a little bit, they're going to be like, okay, well, it's in the tank. Well, I'll say this, and I think it, it it's going to speak to his trade value a little bit because there are Pistons fans who legit think that the team's going to be able to get something spicy for him. I tweeted Pistons are going to have two top five. Yeah, probably. I was going to say some people took it seriously, yeah. and, and those were like very few. But even then, I still think there's some people that think you can get something really decent for Wayne. I'll say this: Wayne is shooting out of his mind right now, ridiculous, like above fifty percent. Teams already know he can shoot, though. That's, what That's I was why he's say. had a long right. career. Like this isn't his numbers are ridiculous. I I don't imagine them if he gets to the trade deadline shooting fifty percent or better from three on six attempts a game. You might be able to get like a Reggie Bullock deal where you're getting two second round picks. I still think maybe that's a little much just because he's thirty two, thirty three. He's an unrestricted free agent. Um, I I don't know if. I think the Lakers thought they could get Reggie to stay long-term. I think that's part of the reason why they were willing to give up so much. Wayne, it's it's going to be interesting because um, he is a shooter, and every team needs shooting, especially when it comes to the playoffs. I just 
I don't. Nobody's. They're surprised by what he's doing because he's not missing. But like Wayne has had a long career because he's a shooter. So right, whether yeah. or not he's shooting fifty percent from three at the deadline, or he's shooting thirty-eight percent or thirty-six percent, teams still know he shoots. Now maybe are they do they talk themselves into it like oh Wayne just has it this year something's going on with Wayne this year we need to get him and we're willing to to give you this for it possibly we'll see when we get to the deadline I just if anybody expects a first round pick for Wayne I think you're going to be uh, gravely disappointed I think if you could get any type of second round pick for Wayne that's a that's a win it's a guy that they signed last in free agency a veteran uh, who wasn't expected to have any role on this team. If you can get any type of draft capital for Wayne, even if it's Mr. Irrelevant, pick 60, I think that's a win. I'm trying to think of a trade package for Brandon Clark, and I don't know what that starts with, but I think it ends with Seku. And I think that's where most yeah. people would say no. But I'm still... That was so random. It it really was. I... I <laughs> I could explain my train of thought because I'm trying to think to myself, you know, who do we want to call about Wayne? Let me just get off of that and instead ask you this. Now, I'm going to ask you something that if you can't answer it, it's totally fine. But I figure, you know, get a little test the water. Let's go. Yeah. Without naming names, is there anything out there right now about. Um, like trade activity for the Pistons that we don't know about um, that isn't being reported. You gotta, you gotta do your Drake line from the freestyle. Ah, okay. So James knows uh, he knows too much. Okay, all right. I already forgot what the line was, so I can't. I don't. Uh, I know some. What does Drake say in that freestyle? I know so many things that I cannot expose. What is that? What it is? Uh. I know so much shit that I cannot expose. I keep it inside and I laugh on my own. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. So should we? Should you explain this tangent that we just went on? Because it sounds probably crazy to the people listening. James knows a lot. That is my job. He knows a lot, and um, I send him. Um, I've sent him the same meme, the same Drake meme that I actually tweeted the other day, and the one that we just recited. Um, because it's hilarious some of the things that we see people say. Um, should we should we say this? Ooh, I don't know. I kind of want to text this to you to see if I should say. Listen. Just be very vague. I'll say it. There are things that people don't – that they will that they have opinions on without knowing the full context, and I may have the full context, and I'm not able to share at the time for, for certain reasons or, yeah. or another. And it's frustrating. Um, just, there's a lot of things that <laughs> – Pistons decisions and, and moves over the years. Um, a lot of that stuff I've given background on and, and written about and, and have shared my intel because that is my job. But there's certain things that maybe you can't exactly get the right person to admit to you, but you've heard it through the grapevine. Um, so you can't write it. You can't run with it. Right. Or there's just things right. you hear um, or things that you're holding on to for a better timing that – in the moment probably helps paint the better picture. Like for example, this is a good one. That Jeremy Grant story I did when I said that when I wrote about when I finally talked to him and I got him to admit that he wanted not only come to Detroit for a bigger role, but he wanted to play for a black coach and but I've known that since yeah. I've known that since about uh end of November. Like right when he signed. Oh. Yeah. And I just been holding <laughs> on to that. 
Yeah, I've known that wow. for at least until at least until early December. I've known that. And There's you just got to sit on it for the right time. Well, actually, so two things. One, the thing that I was debating whether or not saying is that if you tweet something dumb, James and I send it to each other. Yeah, but you also have to like it has to be like to us. Like I, if you're just tweeting. Oh yeah, we own, don't. Yeah, 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 we if it's if it's at us, we yeah. So don't if you say mean things to us, just know that James and I are talking about you. Anyways, um, because we 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 seek podcast fodder, so yes. we'll we'll text stuff back and forth to see if it's worth bringing up. Yeah. Um. My question to you is, what's the longest you knew about something before being able to write about it? And obviously, it's something that is, quote unquote, public knowledge now. So you are allowed to tell us something that's out there now, something that's out there now. But you had to like the longest that you had to wait, the longest you had to sit on something. It's a great question, by the way. That is. <laughs> I could probably think of a better example. But I knew Andre was getting traded earlier that day. Just didn't know to who. Okay. So, like, okay. I think it came out at, like, afternoon, like, around 3 or 2 that he got traded to Cleveland. I knew he was getting traded. Like, I had a story ready to publish for when Shams, I think Shams broke the news. Or when either Shams or Woj oh, actually Woj broke the news. Broke it, yeah. it might have been Woj. I had a story ready to go right then, and I was able to confirm it right then i just didn't know exactly what would, what t- i knew that they were going to move him that day i knew that there were deals on the there was at least one on the table maybe two somebody might have backed out and there was only one left and it went down to the final hour but i knew he was getting traded that day so you don't have to say who but it, do you are you saying there's two teams be, just because you know one of them is cleveland and you don't know the other team or are you meticulously not saying or, or like the other I, the other team i don't know who the other team was but i know it wasn't i know it wasn't cleveland at first right cleveland right. i think cleveland came in fairly late like there might have been talks leading up to it but i think like their things got serious pretty late do you know what happened with the um the the luke Kennard for um elio cobo and javon carter and a first round pick but yeah. wasn't it is what is what broke all that up the protections on the pick or was it something else uh, from what I know, they didn't agree on the protections on the pick. I think Detroit right. thought it would be no protections, and Phoenix wanted it. I think it would have been the number 10 pick at the time, um, and yeah. Phoenix wanted protections on it. I think they wanted it top 10 protected or t- lottery pick protected, and the Pistons didn't want it protected. Phoenix ended up picking 11th, right? Yeah, that sounds right. So Detroit, I think they took, they, yeah, and I think Phoenix wanted it lottery protected. And Detroit didn't. Gotcha. So after that, they were okay. Yeah, they took Jalen Smith at eleven, I think, who's actually out, I believe, right now for COVID protocols. So, I wonder who we would have taken. That's interesting. Um, yeah. So James, I guess, just to sum all that up, this man is a rolodex of information. You guys, but this is yeah, but this it's also what I get paid to no, do. No, I know, hundred yeah. percent. It's just I, I, I just can't imagine living with that. And, you know, not being able to say so many things. And then people are like, hey, uh, this thing. And in your head, you know that that thing is wrong, but you just have to try to convince them through other means. Yeah, I mean, to me, I look at it like this. Like, their frustration isn't at me, it's at the organization. Sure. So if they're spouting off information that on the surface they're drawing a conclusion based on what they know i not, i don't blame them that's what they know and that's all that's out there i get it it doesn't whatever their opinion is based on what is out there 
Um, again, there are certain things that you don't always know the full picture. And a lot of the times I'm able to help paint the full picture. I mean, I think after every transaction, I have a pretty in-depth story of how it all went down. Uh, but in some cases, in some transactions, there's stuff you hold on to for, for a better time. Yeah. Um, so, James, we're getting to the end of our episode, which means... So did, but did we explain... We were going to add a Drake drop there from a freestyle he had that you sent to me where he yeah. says, I know so much shit that I cannot expose because you thought that was me. Yeah. You thought that fit my life perfectly. That's literally you. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, also, yeah, uh, I, I keep it inside and I laugh on my own. That's the best part of that. <laughs> um, we're getting to everybody's favorite part of the episode. It is story time with James. James, you've been on the beat for four years now. You've covered a lot of names, had a lot of I conversations. Have. I have. Now, I think I know what people want. I think I think I know the player that people are, are like, can we just hear something about this guy? All right. All right, guys, Who here you go. It? Luis Montero. <laughs> if you know if you know who Luis Montero is without having to look this up, you deserve a badge of honor from the Detroit Pistons. You are a diehard fan. You are a you are someone who lives, breathes, eats and sleeps the Detroit Pistons. If you remember Luis Montero, you are one of the people who can stomach a rebuild, contrary to a tweet that James sent out um, like a month ago. What was your tweet? Y'all can't stomach a rebuild? If yeah. you if you remember Luis Montero, you, in fact, can. Yes. All right, so for people that don't know, he was on – my first year on the beat was Stan Van Gundy's last year, and I think he was either – I think he was a two-way player, if I'm not mistaken, for part of the year. Um I'm I'm fairly confident for the first part of the year he was a two-way player. I can't remember where he went to college. I know he was from Puerto Rico or the Dominican Republic. Um not yeah, he was either from Puerto Rico or the Dominican I Republic. I believe it was the Dominican Republic. The funny thing is, I have a Luis Montero story. <laughs> as much as you just try to throw me off, I have a Luis Montero story. This is not going to be the week where you stump James. This is why they pay you. So I don't know if it's funny. Um, it's funny to me because just the visual of it was, was hilarious. So I assume this is the regular season because we're in new Orleans. Um, and I, I don't think the Pistons played new Orleans in the preseason. So I'm pretty sure we're, it's the regular season. So myself, the, the road crew is out the road dogs. It's me, Rod from the Detroit news, Rod Beard, Johnny Kane, Austin Drake, the homies, the usual, the usual guys. Just the, the fellas. It's just, just the, fellas. the fellas. So me and Rod are staying at the same hotel or his hotels down the down the down the hall. What am I in college? <laughs> down the down the street. Um, so me and him leave. We're on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. Bourbon, yeah, Bourbon Street, in New Orleans. I always want to say Beale Street. That's Memphis. Bourbon Street, New Orleans. And we're going to stop in to get a slice of pizza before we go out. If you've ever been to Bourbon Street. It's pretty much open 24-7, but there's pizza joints up and down. Um, and we wanted to get a slice before we went back. Sure. So we walk down the street, stepping over puke, stepping over beads. It beads, yeah. And um, we, we hang a right in this pizza place. Streets are packed. Like, it's a weekend game, I'm pretty sure, in New Orleans. But you take a right in this pizza place, and it's pretty empty. Like, nobody's in there. 
First thing I see is Luke Kennard and Louise Montero <laughs> at this table that's just like a small like bar table eating pizza together. And to the listener, it's probably not that funny. Like, what's so funny about Luke and Luis Montero eating pizza? Well, first of all, they're both rookies, and so they're both wearing, like, team-issued pistons. Yeah. <laughs> like, either that's all they brought, or they're still proud they just made it to the NBA, or they're trying to let the ladies know, like, yeah, I ball. I yeah. ball. I do this. <laughs> or, but to me, the visual was funny because it's like, it's Luke Kennard and Luis Montero are together. Like, I don't know. Like you, you picture like different, like you're around the team a lot. Like I don't recall ever seeing Luke Kennard and Luis Montero, like hang out. I don't recall. Like, I don't obviously don't see everything. I don't see practices. I don't see them in the locker room, but like I do get to catch the end of practices or end of shoot arounds. Like, I just don't remember them hanging out and it's just a weird combination. It's just like picture Luke and Luis Montero of all people, like hanging out in New Orleans (laughs) in the middle of the night, eating pizza. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like we walked in, I think we said what up to him, had like small chit chat and then we got out and I just remember me and Rod were like, of all the players to see on Bourbon street <laughs> in new Orleans, not on a game night, we run into Luke Kennard and Louise Montero eating pizza yeah. at a hole in the wall spot. <laughs> um, just an, it's, it was the odd couple, man. It was just such a random pairing and it's probably not funny to anybody else. And it might have only been funny to me because I might have drank, I might have had one or two beers in me. There you go. Um, but yeah, man, turning right when you think you're about to get a slice of pepperoni pizza and you see Luke Kennard <laughs> and Luis Montero sitting there by themselves eating yeah. pizza. Of all places to run, stuff. like it's just wild. It's like such a big city that you just happen to bump into them. Um, yeah. That's the, actually the second New Orleans story that you've had because the other one was Christian Wood. Remember him and Jaleel, the TGI Fridays? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Things that, people love that one. That was, the TGI I was say, I, think I get that in my mentions a lot. So far, I think I, I said this. I want everybody to tweet James all the time, where's the TGI Fridays? It's, I literally, <laughs> every time I see it, I laugh. If, um, we, if we get big enough, the podcast, and we do merch, if that oh. ever happens, I mean, we are number five in the great country of Columbia. Yes. We are number thirty-six in the great country, the great city of Hong Kong. So, like, things are moving. If we get merch, where's the TGI Fridays? Would yeah. be a fire T-shirt. Why have we not thought about this, dude? This is we got. Okay, we got. I mean, we need to. We need to. We need to talk because we, we're gonna yeah, have some we, great T-shirt ideas. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll have some good ones. I, um, but I think where's the TGI Fridays might be like you know how like shows have like slogans. <laughs> I think that's going to be the one. Like, if we make it and people continue to listen, they're not going to. I think we're going to lose listeners after this one. Oh but if God. we if we end up building momentum and keep going, where's yeah. the TGI Fridays might uh might be our what was Kawhi's board man gets paid board man gets this paid. Is, that's going to be this is going to be our board man gets paid. That's fair use, right? We can say TGI Fridays on a T-shirt. Ooh, I think. I know some people. I know. I'll talk to some people about it. Um, This is all hypothetical. We're not going to make shirts right now. Anyways, um, it's funny. Just really quick. It's funny you mentioned the the team-issued gear. Killian gets drafted, and every picture we see of him around the facility, he's always going to games and stuff. He's always wearing, like, team-issued stuff. Yeah. Son, he might be – I think he's starting to cash those rookie checks, those top ten pick uh, checks. He's at the game the other day wearing, like, a Balenciaga shirt. 
And I'm like, oh, oh. come on, you know, he's European. He's I'm like, here. oh, he's getting paid now. No, I know, but it's funny because you always, like, whenever they show guys, like, getting on the plane, you know, Derek always has all his Louis V. Like, he's, yeah. he's got that the LV bag. And, that's that um, former MVP money. Yeah, well, yeah, no kidding. He, that's, yeah. Also, that's also that Adidas money that that's he's going to be getting Adidas for money. a few more years, him and his brother. Yeah. Um, and he's always wearing the Yeezys. Blake's always wearing, well, I don't know, sometimes he wears, like, pretty general, like, Midwestern, like, flannels and... Like khakis. Me and Blake have similar swag. Yeah, the the flannel yeah, and the hoodie. I actually do. think I think Blake stole my swag when he came here. Like I was <laughs> kind of the only one rocking the hoodie and flannel. His gonna... are probably a little more expensive. His t-shirt probably doesn't have the seams ripped, but like it is what it is. Speaking of team issued gear, like we're, we you can use Blake for another story. This doesn't count. I'm going to give another bonus story time because it involves sure. team issued gear. And you haven't heard this story. No, I so don't know that. I think you'll. So one day post game, this is last year or two years ago. Bruce and Blake are on the team, so it's either last year or two years. I'm pretty sure it was two years ago, because okay. I, I think yeah, it was when Blake was falling out. So we're all hovering around Blake's locker, and like this is like 50 reporters. Like it's a it's a packed house. I can't remember. It might have been after the Philly game. I was gonna say what was this the Philly? Yeah, okay. Yeah. It might have been after the Philly game. And Blake had 50, led him to a win in OT. Anyway. So everyone's crowded around Blake's locker, and Bruce is in the back, like rubbing his chin, brushing down his clothes, like he thinks he's he thinks he's swagged out, but really all he's like he's trying to catch Blake like they're obviously both very tall, so like he's trying to catch Blake off guard while he's answering questions, so Blake can see over the crew and he sees mm-hmm. Bruce acting a fool. Blake or Blake's like or Bruce is like tell them who's the who's the most swagged out on the team. Blake's like, it's, he says something like, it's not you. He's like, oh, you're hating. He's like, and he's like, you're over here with team-issued sweats and team-issued hoodie. You have your team-issued hat. Like, what are you talking about? And he yeah. just like, that was like the first time. Like, you usually say he's wearing his team apparel. Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah, your team-issued hoodie, your team. Like, what are you talking about? You got no swag. You got your team-issued hoodie and your team-issued pants. And Bruce just walked out. He, he, like, he had the sad face after that because yeah. Blake roasted him on with 50 billion people around. That's the one thing is Blake is as hilarious as as we think he is, right? Blake is hilarious. Yeah. And and I haven't even like got to experience like the full scope of his funny, but like he throws in the the funny the, what makes Blake funny is he tosses things in that like if you have similar humor to him, you'll catch it. Some people might not catch it, but if you kind of same things make you laugh, like kind of dry humor. Like in post game interviews, he'll throw them in. And even if you're just talking to him one on one, he throws in funny stuff. Like, I don't know if you remember one of my favorite Blake lines um, when I got him one on one in Cleveland a few years ago and I was doing the story about shooting corner threes yep. in front of the opposing team's bench. Yep. And I asked him, like, what do you say to guys? He's like, he's like, y'all don't got, he's like, I usually say, y'all don't have league pass, do you? Y'all must not have league pass. <laughs> Because I was like, you're, like, shooting ridiculously from three. Like, do you see guys, like, at least defending you better? Or what's it? Have have the um, the the noises from behind you when you're in front of the corner bench, have they gotten louder? He's like, yeah, a little bit. He's like, but when I – my go-to is, like, I turn. If I hit a shot in front of the bench, I, I turn and go, you must not have league pass. Yeah. <laughs> and that's I was like, so that's good. hilarious. That's I have so a lot good. of good – I have a lot of fun. I have one Blake story when we do story time with Blake that I'll save for the, for that. I'm gonna have to and save that for a special I'll occasion. 
because that's just that's just such an easy thing for me to say is Blake. That's not fun. I mean, it is fun, it, obviously, yeah. but people yeah. are expecting it. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, we'll, we could see. It's your call. It's, it's your show. We. Uh, I've been giving away too many though. I need to chill. It's well. It's our show. Remember, I have some stories. Remember, we'll have to do story time with. Yeah, Nick we'll do story point. time with Nick soon. Yeah, but it's not. But it's not interesting stories. You just liked the story that I told. It had nothing to do with any players. It was just me at a Pistons game. No, it was. A, it was a little flex, but it was. I think the fans will like it. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to flex on here. I say as I spent five minutes talking about how I, amazing I am at picking out really good role players. But also me, I don't want to flex. Alrighty, um, before we sign off, it is customary for each J- uh, each J- James and I to um, list an album that we think people should go and listen to. One of these days, we're gonna have to do movies. I got movies I want yeah, people to see. Fun. But today, and for um, uh, the last time before February, when we do our uh, sort of Black History Month um, uh, iteration of this segment, um, James. Actually, what was I talking about for the last time? Oh, for the last this, if you're gonna pick a white person, this is the time to do it because otherwise yeah. you won't be able to for the next. Marshall four weeks. Mathers LP. <laughs> go ahead and uh, uh, your album of the week. You want me to go first? Yeah, I'm still deliberating. Right. So uh, everybody knows that listens to this, love rap, hip hop. Mm. Uh, people that know me well know I love jazz, R and B, R and B, all that stuff, all the, all the good stuff, but. With, most people don't know is my third fourth favorite genre is bossa nova mm. from good old brazil it's my it's my relaxation music it's my sunday sun is out you're cleaning the cleaning the house cleaning the apartment there's chemicals in the air you have windex in the bathroom you have um what's uh you have febreze spraying you have candles lit it's noon you just ate eggs and Eggs and turkey bacon, and you got something playing in the background. The bossa nova, man. Um, it's my airplane music when I'm on the road. It's mm. it's very calm, but it's still groovy. It's still, again, I hate saying the word. It has a there's a vibe to it, uh, groovy, but still beautiful and melodic. So, I want people to go check out my one of my favorite bossa nova albums um, by a, a a wonderful singer named Astrid Gilberto. Mm. If you are a jazz fan, you may know her fa- his her father or husband, um, Jao Gilberto, who has done albums with Stan Getz, who's a famous jazz musician. But Astrid, just the album, I always just go on a tangent about the artist without saying the album because that's the game, is pick an album. It's yeah. self-titled, the Astrid Gilberto album. Or it might just be Astrid Gilberto. Um, you'll find it pretty easy. It's It's her debut just absolutely beautiful Brazilians, Caribbean type instrumental instrumentals, her beautiful voice. Yeah. Um, some of it's in English. Like she speaks fine English. Some of it, some of it, I think some Brazilian, that whole album might be English. Um, but yeah, man, it's like if you're, if the sun is out, car windows down. If you're trying to sleep, if you're trying to clean the house, if you just want to mellow out, like it's it's soothing, but it still has a little bit of a groove to it. So, Astrid Gilberto, the Astrid Gilberto album, sounds good. Um, I I'm want gonna, you to check it out. Will you check it out for me? One hundred percent. Yeah, you've been listening okay. to the albums that I like. Um, yeah, and also not liking them, but that's okay because I preface them with "You're not gonna like it." So I yeah, don't I give it a bad. shot though. Um, can I? I'm gonna cheat a little bit. Can I just say someone's discography because I actually don't like their albums that much. 
I'm just gonna I'm gonna cheat this time. I'm just gonna because they don't have that many songs. Um, they yeah, they kind of do. I'm just gonna say Rich Brian. Everything that Rich Brian makes is amazing. And you might also formally know him as Rich Chiga, which was his name before. Yeah, is that yes. the dude that has the uh, uh, that stick? Yes, that stick. Yeah, he's the one that with had the, the remix. Yeah, with with, with Ghostface, Ghostface Killer. Yeah, yeah. The remix. The first of all, the, the that stick beat is crazy, but the remix. Wild. The remix Ghost Body. I I actually meant to pick a Ghostface album last week, but Ghost Body. That re- did you ever see the video on YouTube where it's like they played them? It's a uh, certain artist. Yeah, Ghost and that's how is in Ghost there. got on the remix. Um, Ghost Twenty One. Um, Designer Tory Lanez. Tory Lanez. Flatbush. Um, Flatbush Zombies in there. Um, and then yeah, Ghost is like he's like no, like I'll get on that track, and the, his manager was like what? Yeah. <laughs> and hey, then he Ghost actually did that. Yeah, that's yeah. The, this is first of all, this is a shocking pick, so I'm gonna let you finish. But that that stick remix, the beat is hard, and Ghost Ghost body that. Yeah, that stick is one of the. I, I'll never forget the friend that sent it to me. He's like, because all I saw was like the thumbnail. Like I just saw Brian, and I'm like, I'm not listening to this. He's like, no, I'm telling you, you gotta you gotta do it. Yeah. And I did. Um, and that was like at the time, that was it. That's all that he had. So then he starts releasing other songs, um, and, like, he just kept getting better. I don't totally love where he's at now, but, like, I don't know. His flow is insane. Um, he just doesn't – he's still just he, – he ne- he's never – like, if you if you listen to Dead Stick and you don't know what he looks like, yeah, listen to it, and then yeah, – it's, it's wild. Um, everything that he makes is amazing. I love it. Yeah, hey, I haven't heard anything other than that that stick. So I'll have to send you. I'll send you a mix. That's what I'll do. I'll send all you right. all his best tracks. He did. He did a song with Offset that I really liked. I think it was in two K. Actually, it's called Attention. But already, okay. ladies and gentlemen. So yeah, just everything that Rich Brian makes. That's my pick. I'm not gonna do that ever again. I promise. But I gotta do Rich Brian now. Um, yeah. Already, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you made the beat to close us out this week. I did make this one. I don't love it though. Um, it's 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 it sounds a lot like the last one, which I realized on accident. That's just my brand, I guess. James is more diverse. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm also mad that we didn't make a GameStop joke in this one. We made. I still it, we, don't fully understand the GameStop thing. I haven't read any stories on it. I just keep seeing it on my thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it after this. Yeah, and we'll I don't, talk about it on the next pod. Yeah, we'll we'll be here for an hour if I try to explain it to you. So, alrighty, ladies and gentlemen. Well, thank you very much for listening. If you made it this far, thank you for making this. Well, we're, we're heading towards the top. Uh, we're going to be the number one podcast in the world here pretty soon. Shout out to the beautiful people of Colombia. Shout out to Colombia. Hong Kong. Hong Kong, New Zealand. New Zealand and um, the USA. Obviously, hometown USA. So thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe. We will catch you guys in the next one.